broadcasting live from Florida's capital city. This is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Jeff, that's Tom. Director Matthew in the house. Good Monday. Hope it's a good one. Hope you won your bets. The Chiefs are your Super Bowl champions, and football is over. Weird to wrap your head around. Although the USFL is getting ready to get started again there, Tom. So is the XFL, right? Yeah. I won't. I, I, I can't. Not even for your own uh, Terrell Buckley, the Noel interest, to see how he does as a head coach? I'll root for him to do well. I ha- I really am so seasonal. It's weird. I I kind of woke up today with a, a renewed sense uh, of, of of baseball is on the horizon. I bought. I told you last week I bought tickets to see a spring training game. I'm going to buy another one. My interest in the Lightning has peaked again as well. as I mean, we are always paying attention, but now we're getting into that part of the season. We're post-All-Star break. That was a bad beat on the uh, total. Yeah, 3-1. If you watched the game, you would see how many point-blank scoring chances were turned away, yeah. mostly by Tampa's goalie, Vasilevsky. But that one was, uh, that was a tough beat. But that's okay, because Lightning win. It happens sometimes. It happens sometimes. So there's that. And then, um, you know, the frustrations of this basketball season. Now, I, I did really enjoy yesterday's NBA. I know that's not something you guys want me to talk about, so that's fine. But uh, I, I this basketball season, as far as Florida State goes, nearly over, thankfully. Frustrating. We get to welcome in Florida State baseball, Major League Baseball. I'll be happy about that. I do have a hard time, though, because I'm so seasonal. Excuse me. I bit my tongue as I was talking. Uh, I do have a hard time struggle with watching any of the non-fall football leagues that have ever cropped up, and of which there have been a dozen in my lifetime, if not more. Well, if you only liked one sport, then you could. You could, yeah. You know, but yeah. it's it's tough because... You like all sports. I tie them to the seasons just like you do. We were kind of wired backwards post-pandemic because these seasons were shuffled from spring to fall to make it all work and, and make some money for each league. But we're kind of back on schedule now, yeah, which is nice. Yeah, we are. Yeah, and I, and I like that as well. Uh, yeah, I always, I always – we got a great game last night. We had a wonderful game, and so you end up at least with a send-off for football that will remain in your memories of uh, the great games. We've had several of them lately in the Super Bowl, really some really good games that at the very least were in question in the fourth quarter and uh, provided some drama last night, no different. But, yeah, as soon as it ended and I turned off the light and went to bed, I got up today, refreshed, really looking forward to the start of Florida State baseball. Opening day this Friday for everybody who don't know, and I understand this can't be a two-hour subject on a daily basis, not Florida State baseball, which needs large sample sizes in general for you to really glean anything about what a team is or is not. Uh, but it is, it would be good to be back over at Hauser, and I'm interested to see the brand of baseball we see. Uh, and, and I am also interested in the return of MLB. So it's 5 p.m. on Friday 
for opening day for FSU baseball, and it's 2 p.m. Saturday and noon on Sunday. Tickets are hard to come by this year, though. People are locked in for length, so we'll see how the grandstands uh, fill out beyond this weekend, but I know it's a tough ticket to get. It's 5, 2, and noon. Good article. I want to draw your attention to the article over the weekend. I've been asked this question a lot, and it it hasn't been. I've answered answered it in pieces. I have not gone long form to discuss uh, what's happened to this year's Florida State basketball team, which, oh, by the way, lost another game over the weekend. But Irish Chaffel wrote a really good piece for us on Warchant.com, and I would encourage you guys to go read said piece, what, hap- what has happened to FSU basketball and what comes next is the name of the article. You can see it on warchant.com. And it is. there are some numbers that are, that are absolutely staggering and uh, tough to stomach when you consider what Florida State certainly has been previous to these last couple of years and, and where they're at now. Um, some of those numbers about the home losses, which that, that, that really breaks your heart because of where they were. Florida State's loss to Pitt was their fifth in a row at the Tucker Center. That is not something you and I could have imagined just a few years ago. Uh, they're five and nine at home. They're eight and eighteen overall uh, from the start of 2016, 2017 through 2021. Okay, the Knolls were 76 and six inside the Tucker Center. 76 and six. If you look at the final three home games of the 15-16 season and put them through the first three of the 2021-2022 season. They had won 82 times to just six losses. 82 and six over five years for Florida State at home. Um, the fact that they've lost six games at home, nine in less than 82 days, it's, it's crazy. I'll never forget it. I hope we get back to it somehow, some way. But that, that building was the hottest ticket in town was the place to be, and you couldn't watch it on television. You couldn't. You had to go. Oh, it you was wanted just to be in that room. So much better. You wanted to be in that room. You're absolutely All right. All of it was the so moments. Awesome. I mean, there there are more overtime finishes and last second shots that either went or didn't go than I can remember off the top of my head. But we had several overtime results, one possession wins. Remember those stats over that period of time? Oh, unbelievable. Some of the ACC Big Ten clashes, a Florida game or two in there. Well, think about this, Tom, and you're right to bring all these things up. Florida State was viable nationally as a program. We had realistic visions of a trip to the Final Four. And for people who sometimes forget that, Florida State had gone to the Elite Eight and then the Sweet 16, and here we were getting ready in the the Elite Eight, you know, like I said, a year before that. They'd advanced to at least the round of 32 three years in a row. They'd been kicking at the door as Ira writes, to national prominence for that time, a lineup that featured NBA players in Trent Forrest, Devin Vassell, Patrick Williams. They entered the 2020 season postseason 26-5 and on that year. They were 16-4 and in the ACC. They were the regular season ACC champions. They were going to be a one or a two seed. Could have been a one national seed, worst case scenario, two uh, for the NCAA tournament. And then obviously COVID happened and, and, and the season was shut down. But you think about what that team would have been. They would have, first of all, they would have played in Florida, in the state of Florida, in the first two games. Uh, it's just, you, it's not that far removed. That was the 2020 postseason. Yeah, it's, you know, we would never have known the difference, but I feel such relief when I reflect upon the fact that 
Coach Hamilton said yes to the cutting down of the nets. That night, that day after we beat Boston College. Yes. Yeah, I was if, at that game with I'm the kids. I'm so glad he said yes to that because nobody wanted to leave. It felt, it reminded me of being in the building when the Lightning won the Stanley Cup back in 2004. Mm-hmm. You know, the celebrations that happened on the ice, it's kind of an awkward deal if you think about it. You're just watching somebody else celebrate from a seat. You know, that's kind yeah, of strange. Yeah, yeah. And yet it's not because if you're in the building, you understand you, and nobody wants to leave. Everybody's just happy and standing in place. And it felt very much that way when Coach Ham, Coach Stan Jones, and the other assistants went up the ladder mm-hmm. to cut down the nets along with the players. I'm just so grateful that that was given a green light because in retrospect, that is going to be the peak moment for Leonard Hale. It was supposed to be the first in a series of big moments that postseason, but it's all we had. Other than that, it was an awkward address from the ACC commissioner yeah. on the court saying, by default, Florida State is your ACC tournament champion. And then weird interviews afterwards. It was like noon on a Wednesday or, or noon on a Friday. We were at the office and talking yeah. about what, what are we going to do here? Yeah, how is this going to work? Um, I feel like I could document the many ways in which Florida State lost the game over the weekend, but nobody really cares about that. It was different than the last time we lost because this time around we couldn't hit threes at all. Um and you know you got a weird performance. Maybe tough love Cameron made a return to the uh, to the to the seat here because Jalen Worley, who I told you stinks, did go nine of eleven in this game with twenty three points. Uh, played really well. Uh, first time this year he's played well, uh, but he did. Tough love found his way back. I'll have to start doling out the uh, yeah. insults each week. How about tough love to get a result? You know, Cameron Corn had thirteen points. Played well. He's been a nice player this year for us as a freshman. Matthew Cleveland had six points. And it was a narrow loss. So there you go. You have a, have a narrow loss and you get two guys who haven't done anything for Oh, you get one guy who hasn't done anything for you all year, drop uh, 23 points. Another guy is a freshman. He scores uh, 13, plays very well, five of seven, three of three from the free throw line, five boards, all that. And then one of your stars, I understand he had a back issue, but there's always something. So I don't know. Uh, they got two remaining home games. This is the reality of their situation. A guaranteed losing home record for the first time since 2000, 2001 under Steve Robinson with the red zone when I used to interview him in the mornings. I have to pretend to be excited about the big matchup later that evening. We finished 6-10 and 10 at the TLC C and route to a 9-21 and 21 season that year, 4-12 and 12 in the ACC. This is the first time since 81-82 in the inaugural season of the brand-new TLC C that they have dropped five consecutive home games. Back then, they lost to Tulane, Memphis, uh, South Carolina, Virginia Tech, and Cincinnati as part of an 11-17 campaign under Joe Williams. Anyhow, that's, that, you're getting into numbers that are brutal, hard to fathom. And the whole, why is this team that bad? How did they miss the boat that bad? What was it they failed to do? Ham has taken responsibility over the course of this season, has mentioned that he uh, missed the memo about transfers to the degree of which he needed to go get more for yeah. senior senior and junior level uh, veteran presence. Got, Sounds like my microphone is failing. Great. Here we go. It's gotten to the point that I check the calendar now and way more often. And I'm like, oh, God. It's only February 13th. Oh, God. It's only February 14th. Oh, no. It's February 17th. That's where this basketball program is. 
I'll go to the other side of the glass maybe for the next segment. We may have to. Take a break on that note. Jeff Cameron, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply the jeff cameron show brought to you by orange theory fitness two tallahassee locations midtown on thomasville road and north side in the village common shopping center online at orangetheoryfitness.com So you'll, you'll bear with us. We're on the fly here trying to figure this all out with a uh, faulty mic for the moment. I think we've got it figured out. Tom and I get cozy in the same studio. Hey, now, it's all right. No different than when we have the Seminole Headlines crew in here and we all work together and make it happen. By the way, on Twitter, it's at Jay Cameron Show. Also, happy anniversary, Dave, I see in the chat. Today, he celebrates 28 years of marriage. Thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for watching the show. Also, by the way, your anniversary and mine, very, very similar. My anniversary was over the weekend on Saturday. 17 years of marriage. 17 years. 17 years. 20 years I've been with my wife. 17 years that we've been uh, married. And so it is. Yeah. It was, uh, you, you know, you have to have uh, a really like-minded way in which you go about uh, celebrating whether they be anniversaries or any other sort of togetherness moments. Uh, I'm not a romantic, if you will, and either is my wife. Now, about certain things, mainly our relationship. <laughs> <laughs> so tomorrow's not a big day for you. Well, it was yesterday. It was, it was Saturday. It no, was no, sa- but, but you know. also oh, Valentine's Day. Oh, no, no, we yeah, never celebrate yeah, Valentine's yeah. Day. No, that's just silliness. Um, that's also a manufactured holiday. That's not real. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. So we we do the um, we didn't we we don't do anything tomorrow. We might eat uh, uh, Mexican food. We do that every Valentine's Day because it's an excuse to eat Mexican food. Nice. Yeah. All right. That's that's our big uh, Valentine's Day celebration. Is what do you want to do? You want to eat some Mexican food? Me too. All right. So that's what we do. Um, but yeah. So I so like, what are we doing this weekend for our anniversary? I don't really want to do anything. I'd, I'd rather just have a nice dinner with you somewhere and uh, maybe just hang out and maybe watch a movie. Sounds like a plan to me. And that's what we did. So was it a good movie? We actually watched uh, a show. We watched uh, Ricky Gervais's show. Oh, nice. Um, so yeah, it was really really good. I introduced my wife to Burn after reading this. She's night. never seen it. No, no. And Funny. at the end, she's cackling, saying, "So it was all nothing." I was like, "Yeah, pretty much. It's great." Yeah, yeah. The whole thing is great. So did she laugh out loud, as they say, with the Brad Pitt dance? Yes, she. You can't help yeah, it. It's yes. funny every time. And then also the scene with him and Malkovich in the car. Yeah, you think that's a schwab? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, you mentioned it earlier. Post Super Bowl, everybody figures out what their team needs, and then you read all the articles about how to evaluate what teams need. 
And obviously, if your team wins it, like the Kansas City Chiefs did, uh, they'll have to do some work to uh, continue to keep Patrick Mahomes protected. There are some guys that they'll have to decide, do you let go on unrestricted free agents? Travis Kelty has shown no signs of decline, but you know we're talking about some other guys that are turning older, 34 years old in October for Kelsey. So there's that. He's been doing it forever. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles, I mentioned they have free agents, Miles Sanders, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, Bradbury, aforementioned, who unfortunately had that situation, Brendan Graham, another guy. They, they've got some dudes. And then they got to figure out how much money they're going to give Jalen Hurts. But I'll scroll down for our sake, Tom, just for, for fun. How far? It takes a minute. Yeah. By the way, Jags fans, here you go. You're in the top ten in the all-too-early projection of NFL teams for next year, much like they do for college football. Here you go. Here's the, here's the pro version. Uh, the Jags on the rise, as we know. The suggestion in the rankings, fix the cap. The Jaguars are $30.1 million over the salary cap. Their GM is going to have to make some cuts. Uh, Shaquille Griffin will be one of them in all likelihood. Restructure contracts to get under the cap. Getting this done will make uh, re-signing Evan Ingram and possibly uh, Juwan Taylor, the right tackle, a little easier, though. Expect the Jaguars to be careful with how much money they're pushing into the future because they'll need to start at least looking about the long-term deal for Trevor Lawrence, who they yeah. now probably have to come around on. So if we go back to the state, Jacksonville in a real good position. Right there with them, Tom. Miami, they got to get healthy. And they got to figure out if it's possible that Tua can be healthy long-term. Well, but he's coming up towards the end of his rookie deal, right? So they could just let him walk and not have cap penalties, and they don't have to double down and pay him a, a, the lion's share of money that a lot of these rookie quarterbacks or, or first contract quarterbacks get when they graduate up right, the ranks. Right, right, right. Like Trevor Lawrence is trending to be a lot more expensive than Tua is for their next deals. So you could have the trial go on for maybe another year, and then after that you got to get with the getting because your window as a franchise is closing. But typically you want to make hay when you're on that first contract. Russell Wilson with Seattle, they, they did it there. I mean, that's what Philly, that's how Philly got to mm -hmm. where they are, mm -hmm. and that's what you just documented at the top of the list. So for Jacksonville, it's kind of tough because as they're arriving, they're having to pay their quarterback probably more than he's worth, but they can't let him walk. For Miami, you can run this experiment back one more year, I think. You've got enough weapons on offense. It's, it's truly a dynamic group down there. But that division's tough as well. Poor bastard. They're going to have to do the cruelest thing, which is find out whether or not he's permanently injured by letting him go back out there and take another big hit. I got to do it. Which he will. Yes, he will. And he's tough. But brain injuries, I, I, I don't have a lot of hope that's going to get much better. So of the three franchises in the state, who's in the best position? It ain't Tampa. So between the two, Jacksonville and Miami, it's actually a fair debate. It's a fair debate because they're both well coached. And I really, I mean, Jacksonville's very, really well coached. And also that division is a lot better you, to deal you with. You can navigate. You can navigate. Yeah. Uh, fun teams for next year, the teams that we talk about every year that are they on the cusp. For example, Detroit's a fun team next year. They're a top 15 club this year. They went 9-8 and eight this year. If they get any good at all on defense, then they weren't for much of the season. Second half, they got better. Then you saw them explode. It was shocking that Goff became a legitimate quarterback, and he was. He was good this year. Uh, okay. That well, we talk about this. You projected to the best event of the well, one of the best events of the year. Every every event has its role, but the draft watch party. Love it. All of these franchises are all interesting. The NFL continues to win. The NFC as a whole is open for business. The AFC is about reshuffling, reorganizing. What'll put Buffalo over the top? What happens with Miami? Things. Uh, Jacksonville is now relevant, but at the draft party, 
pretty much every fan base this year has something legitimate and interesting to talk about. We're not far away from being able to talk about the draft party, which yeah. we always have, which is always a lot of fun. It is funny to see the teams that fall off a cliff this offseason. We're one of them. Uh, there are several teams that you think, hmm, they're not going to be interesting for for some years to come. You could argue the Vegas Raiders will not be interesting because Derek Carr is on his way out. What are you going to start Jared Stidham, really? Okay, good luck with that. Uh, the Rams... Not interesting, 5-12, and 12, salary cap hell, can't stay healthy, mm-hmm. got a problem there. Packers have to be careful here. Carolina, Carolina Panthers don't matter still, <laughs> although they did turn the corner at least uh, ever so briefly for about a four-game stretch where they were playing hard, but they did finish 7-10. and 10. Titans don't feel like they matter much anymore on the list of teams that are falling out of favor. I know I love Derrick Henry, but they went 7-10. and 10. What a shame. They got to retool the offense. The Tampa Bay Bucks don't matter right now. I mean, obviously, it's a, it's a toughie replacing a uh, seven-time Super Bowl winner at well, quarterback, but we already knew it. They're an absurd amount over the cap right now, as it is. Mm-hmm. If Brady's $35 million hit, it carries, and he's not going to play for him. $35 million against the cap, Tom Brady, next year. The, I don't know, what Evans, David, Godwin, White combination of what do you do question. Mm-hmm. You let Evans ride out into the sunset with this franchise in Tampa if he wants to. If he wants out, you let him out. If he wants to stick around, let him collect records in your uniform. The threshold for that is always interesting, right? Eventually, a player plays his way into, okay, you've earned it, you're a lifer. I will never vote to get rid of you because anything that you do from this point forward is a franchise record. Some of them are NFL records. Uh, it's a Hall of Fame resume you're building, and I want you to build all of it right here in Tampa. Therefore, we get another guy into that Hall of Fame. It's like collecting toys, who has the most at the end, all those yep. things in Tampa Bay. Um, obviously, it's been a better part of its infancy losing to the point where it was a laughingstock, and now this is the new revenge, right? The two Super Bowls and the guys that just went into the Hall of Fame like Barber. Those are big deals to Tampa fans and the city and the franchise as a whole, and you don't want to turn your back on that. They almost had to turn their back on Barber. We had these debates back when this was going on. What do you do with Ronnie Barber? I remember thinking, well, I mean, he's he's worn out his usefulness. What are we yeah. going to do? They say goodbye to Derek Brooks in favor of Cato June. Mm. Remember those days? Yeah. Luckily, Derek didn't go play for New Orleans like he was considering. But when you win the Super Bowl, it's A-OK. Now, Atlanta's a franchise that was un- unable to finish the job of 28-3. No, didn't, didn't finish the job, did they? No. And so this has been a painful process, but you know what? That seems like a group that's on the upswing. They play really hard for Arthur Smith. They're a couple of pieces away. That is, the, that is now a convert. I mean, from being a playoff team, a division winner. Well, and just, our division could be one. Of course. <laughs> it could be one with very little. But that was a scrappy bunch with not At a whole ton of, of talent yeah. by the end of the year. They're yeah. they're finally a viable conversation piece. You know, after twenty eight to three, nobody really wanted to talk about them. But now that's this is what the NFL does. This machine. We're on the downswing, but we've got the ring to wear while we're on that ride. It's one of the reasons we love it. Yeah. Riley, I saw your comment and you're always good in the chat, and I will address this. Tom and I had this discussion. I want to circle back to what we were talking about before the break. And I hated saying it out loud at the time, and I had to be very careful in the way that I said it, but I, I think it's true. Briley writes, Briley writes, oh boy. Ham is done. I wish it weren't so. It's our reality. The question will be whether he will retire, turn it around next year and leave on his own terms, hand the next guy a team on the upswing, or implode the thing and have Alfred make the decision for him. You're right. I think that is where this is headed. Does he find a way through the portal 
in transfers to bring in veteran players that make them competitive for a year to get to the postseason and then bow out on that note? Or does he believe that the pieces are in place? And I don't think he does based on some of the comments he's made regarding the roster. He's been very transparent about the failures he's had and, and been responsible for. And then also the lack of consistency and mental toughness and all those things. It's hard not to be right when you're losing this many games in a row and when your record is this bad, how can you not stare those realities in the face, own them? He's nothing if not a man of conviction, honesty, integrity. He's going to own that. What is he going to do? Somebody else's fault? No, he's never going to do that. So he's done a good job with that. The question is not enough to say that publicly, but whether you can do anything about it. Are they equipped to do anything about it? And I don't know if the answer is yes to that because – this is not a traditional power like so many other places where you could maybe get by on your cachet and find kids who are desperate to align themselves with the brand that is Duke, the brand that is North Carolina or Indiana even, or somebody like that, right? But we're not that. I know the run I just got done documenting is historic, especially for Florida State, and it was unique in the ACC that Florida State was able to do that, but it doesn't take long for you to fall out of favor. And I just – I worry – I worry he won't be capable that, that, that again, I don't know who on this roster that you would exactly want to keep. There's a few players, a few younger players that I like, but who says they stick around when they see this mess? Right. They've got the option to they've walk. They've got the option to leave. Yeah. And how many transfers are you getting to come into you after you have an eight win, nine win, 10 win season? Well, a couple of things. Number one, he can't be done and have it, have an option be that he turns it around next year. If he's done, he's done in terms it, it, the, at the statement that Ham has done. Well, it's a compelling pitch, though, I think, in if you wanted to lay it out to the basketball boosters, and I know that there are, are a scant amount compared to the football boosters. I can, I can name the seven most important pretty okay, easily. Well, then you call the seven. Mm-hmm. Maybe you get them all in a room together. It's not that expensive to do. <laughs> and you say, look, we've got to do a little bit of extra heavy lifting, wink, wink, nod, nod, this offseason to flip the roster and put this program back in a position to where – you say this was a blip on the radar. This is our exit strategy. We are handing off a program that is very, very good in the last 10 years, 15 years of ACC basketball to make it an attractive place for the next guy to take it. The away. question is the caliber But you of have the to think guy. about the exit strategy. You do. I, I, what I do find fascinating, one of the things that Ham could do that would make him feel good about leaving, unfortunately, not on the terms that he would have liked, but maybe in a way that is satisfactory, is if you approach CY for this job. You're not going to get Gates. He's the head coach at Missouri. You're not going to get him. He's getting paid handsomely. They just got done with a huge upset. They're having a great year. He's making SEC money. You're not going to get him. But his assistant CY can be had because this would be a head coaching job in the ACC. And he was here doing a great job with Gates. As a recruiter, that guy was elite. And he got a lot of the great players that we just got done mentioning who were part of that Elite Eight run and that would have, in my opinion, certainly gone to the Final Four had COVID not happened. So go, you can get him probably cheaper than you can most established coaches because he's not been the head coach. Yeah, that raises a tough question, though. That's where CY, in a moment, to himself, has to, si- has to decide, am I in a better position to hang out here at Missouri, continue to succeed, be the, the shining light in, in the conference where – my head coach is winning Coach of the Year awards because of the amazing job he's done. I could get a better opportunity than Florida State if I hang out at Missouri, continue to whoop ass for the next two years. Does he come to that conclusion, but, but or, he, or does he have an affinity for helping 
cement the legacy of what Coach Ham did here, build Remember his own. Remember how much he loves Coach Ham. I, that's it, the question, though. Does he love him enough to say, all right, I don't know, man. I, I, I mean, it's an ACC job. You're not taking a mid-level job. You're taking an ACC job that was just two years removed from certainly being one of the better teams in this league. Maybe part of the math is maybe Florida State joins one of the big two conferences, and this is <laughs> I'm getting in while the getting's good on the ground floor of the funding that's about to come down the line because Florida State's going to be in one of the big two conferences. But if we don't, let's just say for the next five years we remain in the ACC, our relative conference reputation and standing is dropping to mid, like borderline, <laughs> you know, yeah, of the of the five yeah, or six uh, big conferences, it like it's it, the it? bottom of the pack slash mid-major. We're, we're careening. North Carolina's on the bubble. North Carolina's, that that's North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I know. Breaks the heart to see Carolina struggling oh. in the one thing that they take so much pride in. Heartbreaking to see it. Perhaps that'll get them to move the process along here and be one of the votes we need. I don't know. I think you could get CY if you offered him the head coaching job at Florida State. I, I don't know that he would do much better if he stuck around at Missouri. This is a good job if if you got some investments and believe if you think you can still recruit at the level you were recruiting at when you were here last time, that those connections will pay off for you when you get yeah. the players. Because when you start winning here, people do show up. People do care. Admittedly, this is not a basketball-rich place. Over the course of the last 50 years, they have their moments. We can... Point to them on the calendar. We know that there have been that precious few. But but when it's right, you 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 were right to point it out. It was one of the best atmospheres in basketball. You had traditional basketball powers and analysts and coaches saying, man, I don't like going to play at that place. It's impossible. They've turned it into an actual home court advantage. It's as loud as anywhere in the conference. The place is rabid for basketball these days. And they were all giving Ham a ton of credit for that. Yeah, the mind that was most important to change was Jay Billis. Well, because he talks he about it every week. And he was here for the Dulkies game in 2012 with College Game Day. When right. it was a brand new basketball product and they had the game day show. And ESPN vowed to never come back because nobody went. Nobody went to the pregame show. They all just showed yeah, up. felt dead as hell. Right. And the game itself was amazing, and the place was well, raucous. Well, because couldn't miss But yet. they said, you know what? We're not going to waste our resources coming to Tallahassee if they're not going to show up as a fan base. Well, by the end of that, you know, eight-year run, Billis is on Big Monday, you know, piping into Scott Van Pelt's so Sports Center saying, best places in the country. This is nuts. Yeah. This place is nuts. Well, they had, they had totally done a 180, and, and again, that was because of him. I don't like having to have these conversations because of those previous successes, but the reality is they stink right now. There's just no getting around that. You can love the guy, and I do. And I love what he stands for and what he's done off the court as well as on it, but damn it, man, they're awful. That product is not watchable, and nobody's going. Nobody's going to those games. If you're looking at look at the attendance lately, yep. painful. Would you take Derek Carr? <laughs> <laughs> no. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com. FSUHomeLoans.com. As we get set to engage with Florida State baseball, but also Major League Baseball, uh, you're looking at the changes debuting when spring games begin on February 24th. This is where baseball is headed. They already did one thing and made it permanent, which is the 
runner, designated runner to start extra innings. It's permanent now. I, I don't love it, but I get why they did it. You got to cater to the kids, and the kids can't watch anything for more than a couple hours without being bored. So, you know, I, it feels like it's a lot less necessary now, though, because of the other changes they're implementing, which is going to be the pitch clock and the shifts, the banning of the shifts. So uh, implementing on field rule changes designated to make baseball more entertaining and played at a higher rate of speed. I get why they're doing that. I don't love all of it, but a pitch clock and rules clamping down on the infield shift are all part of the headlines that are the changes that are going to debut starting February 24th. Uh, those changes, part of the long-term vision for Major League Baseball for, again, a faster-paced, uh, action-packed future of the sport. And uh, new rules have been in, you know criticized by a lot of people, uh, players who also don't like how quickly they're going about this, but clearly their studies have shown them that they need to get this instituted sooner rather than later. You'll be very happy about the pitch clock, so why? I believe that's good. Yeah, I, also get in the box with eight seconds to go tell, on the clock. Tell yeah. hitters to stop stepping out of the box. That was a big one for a long time. Uh, used to frustrate me to no end. You don't need to adjust your gloves after a ball four inches off the plate that you took. Just stay in the box here. Let's, let's yeah, go. Yeah, there was one guy quoted in the ESPN article who says, I, I want to bat on my own time, not the commissioner's time. Well, tough, dude. No. Yeah, no. Get in no. the box. How about that? When the bases are empty, pitchers will now have 15 seconds to begin their motion once the catcher returns the ball to them. So if the ba if nobody's on base, which yeah. would distract you, obviously, if nobody's on base, when the catcher gets the ball back to you, you've got to be in your motion towards the plate 15 seconds after you caught it. All right, seems reasonable enough. With runners on, 20 seconds. So you get an extra five, all right? Pickoff attempts are also limited. Pitchers are only allowed two disengagements from the rubber. That's the number of times you can step off to throw to a base or to get a new sign. So just the stepping off, which is used as a way to slow the running game, you can only do that twice now. I'm okay with that too. There should be a repercussion for walking or giving up a hit to a guy like Ricky Henderson. Yeah. And that is you're probably screwed. That walk is a double. That walk is maybe going to turn into a triple. Let's try not to walk him. You're not going to stand there and throw to first seven times in a row in order to try to slow that down. That's the that's the consequence for having done so. The other thing is with the signaling, too. You have to be on the same page because you don't want to lose one of those disengagements. That's right. now critical. So what some are speculating is that there'll be signals made before the pitcher gets on the hill with the catcher. Like it, It's going to look yeah, very different. Because but we're elevating the level. Of, I like that. Yeah. Teams are no longer uh, longer allowed to shift their infielders. The defense must position two infielders on each side of second base, and all four infielders have to be on the infield dirt or infield grass. You can move in towards even shorter, yep. towards the plate, as the ball is pitched. Okay. Now that will be – I will see that, for example, when I go to the spring training games that I'm attending uh, coming up next month. Uh, be on your toes. There'll be a lot of balls and strikes assessed as these guys yeah, you know, make it's mistakes. Gonna, it's going to be interesting. Uh, also, by the way, I don't know how many people know this. There are going to be larger bases. Yep. The size of each base will be increased to 18-inch squares instead of 15-inch squares. Okay. I don't know what's, what, 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 what's the I deal think, with that. Well, between that, it's, it's for safety. Of, uh, I was about to say the runner. Yeah, the safety of the runner. And, and, you know, if it's a pick, not a pickoff play, but a, a stolen base attempt at second, that also protects the infielder a little bit more as well. 
I think what's going to happen here, and this is just a theory because it, it's it's down to such a science at the major league level, is that your elite base stealers are about to steal a lot more bases. But then maybe some of these guys that were pretty good base stealers are now going to be given green lights. I think it might get stupid the other way to where there's a little bit too much in the stolen base category mm. and there might be a little back and forth because the pressure on the disengagement count plus the size of the bags, I mean, that's worth maybe a tenth or two of a second, which is all you need. Hey, man, I want guys in motion. I do too. I, mean, I, just, I just hope it doesn't miss, get crazy. Yeah. No, right. You don't want it to be a merry-go-round here where everybody's just yeah. getting on base and it's automatic steal a second. Uh, it, it is fascinating. By the way, Matthew writes... Every ballpark should just have a voice recording of me yelling, get in the box! And that's your warning. <laughs> <laughs> you hit it one time. Other aspects of the change, and oh, I mentioned this before, but this will help clarify it for you. To find out if fans were in favor of the changes playing out in the lower level ballparks across the country, Major League Baseball asked 15,000 minor league fans if they supported the use of a pitch clock broken up by how many games they attended with uh, with it in use, okay? So uh, the initial response to the idea was very positive. Major League Baseball found that more games than fans experienced with it in place were more enjoyable. So here, here's how it looked. Quote, do you support the use of the pitch timer? Survey of the 15,000 fans that they uh, spoke to that had attended minor league games both with it and without it. It was... 68% of the attendees said yes. And next survey they did, which was a year later when they exercised this, it was up to 74%. Yeah. Seems to be continuing to climb. Um, yeah, it, it does make sense that you would. It. I will say this. Minor league games with the pitch clock in place last year were shorter by 25 to 28 minutes per game. We'll take it. We'll take it. Nobody likes the human rain delay pitcher. Nobody likes that guy. Steve Traxel, Chris Bassett. Those are two Mets that I've watched in the last 20 years that are human rain delays. Nobody likes that guy. Not even your own fan base. Like, oh, my God. You know, you get tickets. Oh, you want to go to the game tonight? Yeah, that's great. Who's pitching? Bassett. Oh, okay. My watch favorite, him stand. My favorite aspect of why the players have pushed back on this, which we all know they want to use as negotiating powers, ESPN spoke to 18 players about the upcoming rule changes, and a theme emerged. They were amenable to all of the changes, in theory, but irked that Major League Baseball's implementation of those rules were taking place too quickly, and they felt that easing in some of the new rules would have been a better path to take. Many said they would have preferred to start with a longer pitch clock, and some wanted an adjustment to shift the rules instead of a full mandate deciding where players can and cannot stand on the diamond. I don't care. I, I know that's not how it works. No, they just, want to negotiate it, but yeah, I don't care. No, but if you look at, at the panel, because there's now a competition committee or, or whatever it is, uh, I believe the players have four votes mm -hmm. out of 12, I think it is. So if Major League Baseball wants to do something, they can do it, plain and simple. And look, Manfred might get this right. This might be the first thing a year from now where we say, way to go, Manfred, now give me robot umpires, and you actually might change your legacy as commissioner. Well, he got the sticky stuff right. Yeah, he did. He did. He got that right. And by the way, players adjusted to that. If you remember in the beginning, a few of the elite pitchers really struggled with their command, and it, it led to more walks and imminently more hittable fastballs and all that other stuff. But those guys figured it out and were once again – Garrett Cole started striking people out once again at an alarming yeah. rate. Yeah. And in the first two starts after the sticky stuff rule was in place, he got tattooed. And we were like, hmm, well, no, he's – 
he said, no, I'm still dominant. And he was over his last five starts. You couldn't hit him. So I have a feeling either you have it or you don't. You could, I mean, right. like, you know what I mean? Uh, also, MLB did find that basically, look, the sooner you apply these rules, the sooner everyone adjusts and the sooner we can get on with the getting. Look, and, and it's very simple for a consumer who is going to be at Corner Pocket Bar and Grill or watching on MLB TV at home. If you could get a half an hour back of your night, that's who's going to say no to that? One of the reasons everybody loves the softball. Yes. Is, is correct. A, a, the game got a lot better. I'm talking about women's softball. The sport got a lot better. It was no one, no longer a bunch of running bunts out of the box. Yep. People swinging. Well, power pitching, power hitting. Away. Real hits, real, real great defense. defense. People making diving catches. The athleticism was on display of these ladies. It became a eminently more watchable product, but also because you could watch the damn game, and it is very different than baseball, but you could watch the game, and you could also go on about your life a couple hours later. Yep. I don't, I mean, I don't mind three and a half hours in a baseball stadium. Does not bother me. I'm okay with sitting still. For the and right watch. reasons. For the right reasons, yeah. right. For yeah. the wrong reasons, it annoys me to no end. Two to one games going three hours, 15 minutes. What are we doing? Yeah, here? you are, you're right. So I'm, you know, I'm fine with for the right reasons. We're able to watch a great, engaging game. I hope it never ends. I hope it goes 17 innings. I'm fine with that. Again, for the right reasons. I go into a ballpark happy that there are no <laughs> yeah. time limits and things that I have to adhere to. I'm, I could be here till midnight. Who knows? I'm fine with that. I know others don't necessarily feel that way, but that is it. it base softball really did well with with the pace of the game. By the way, did you go to this weekend? I did not. No, because Saturday it was freezing cold and rainy, and everything else happened. Yeah, the rain delays went too late on Saturday. Uh, my plan was to go out there because their their games were scheduled for two and four forty five, and you know I, it was on six thirty seven o'clock. And no, man, if I'm not mistaken. I think the ladies dropped one. Oh, uh, we did. Mm -hmm. Get it together. I know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, I mean, at this point, should I keep going? We, we've got three minutes left in the hour. Might as well at this point. No, I will uh, ask you this. Ranking of the ladies? Uh, they were top five before the okay. season started. This weekend, they're going to go play in Clearwater, that, that elite tournament. So you can go see them if you want I to. I could. I'm going to be down in, uh, in the area. I will be in Clearwater. Yeah. What? It's, oh, that's that tournament from a year ago. Yeah. It's just off of uh, 590 mm -hmm. out that way. Yeah. It's a bike ride. It's it's, you know, it's the Coachman area. So between Clearwater, Sunset Point Road, and, and Safety Harbor, it's that little complex there. i got to ride my bike. From Sunset Point 19 to the complex when I was a kid. Been a minute since I've been down to Clearwater. It will also be a brief minute that I'm in Clearwater. The rest of my time will either be in St. Peter Bradenton. Okay. I will be, um, but I will I will be in Clearwater on Friday. Come out and see me, everybody. I'll be, I'm kidding. Um, nice dinner. Maybe I'll say hello to the lunatics. I can maybe not get kidnapped if I bring up Scientology in the right oh, place. Oh, I was right like, what, what lunatics? What are you speaking of? <laughs> Yeah, man, the flag buses. Be careful of those buses. I do know that. Uh, I, I do know that. Anytime I can start to make my way to the areas that have the minor league ballparks, that fever hits you yet again, and you love it, and you just want to be outside. And we're about to be at the best time of year in the state of Florida. And you've got the World Baseball Classic around the corner, Which, so that's good for you. The hard part I don't is know when you're going to jump on board with this thing. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm often asked when people are going down to Clearwater. Or, or the St. Pete area, Clearwater Beach. What's a good place to eat? I don't know anymore. Things change too fast. You can never go home. Not on the beach. Don't go there. You'll be stuck well, you in that roundabout yeah, no. forever and a day. You go to San Key if you're going to go anywhere down mm -hmm. that way.
But I mean, in terms of restaurants, I'm sure you've got a place or two that you like. The Treasure Island place that you go to for brunch is outstanding. Well, that's my that's my fun little sidebar there. That's a cool little place. That's not necessarily a place everybody wants to go to. Let's not tell anybody about that place. But that that is a, that's a wondrous place. It's like indeed. Los Tacos. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Let's not tell everybody about these places, Tom. These are wonderful places. But no, no. Most of the places in St. Pete these days are all downtown, which they've redone. I mean, there are a million places to eat down there. There's a lot of music, a lot of art, a lot of great food. Um, that whole area has done a really good job. And now the Rays, while we're on the subject of baseball, looking like that whole stadium thing's going to go through. And is it finally? I mean, I, uh, we've been arguing since but, I was in high school about been, this. Oh, my God. Yeah, they've been arguing since I was in high school about this. So this is, I mean, this is <laughs> a long time ago about where to put it. And I mean, it is weird to me that Major League Baseball struggles to make it in the state of Florida, given the demographics of the state of Florida. Old people love baseball. There's a lot of them here. Generally speaking, Hispanic populations enjoy baseball and are really good at it. There's a, it's one of the biggest demos of Mets fans. Yeah, I don't, know, under, like I don't understand how it is. <laughs> I don't understand how it is the state struggles in both regards, down in Miami and in St. Pete. Well, because one of the stadiums is a garage and the other market has been so crooked for so long. Well, fair, I'm talking but, about the ownership groups for the Marlins that they're like, you know what? Screw you. The garage, I would have argued, is right. It is, but man, you can't exactly have an open air stadium in St. Pete. No, but it, you got to do better than <laughs> I mean, what looks like a convention center, just a supersized convention center. Yeah, it's sterile, like a hospital. It's tough. You go in there, you're like, oh, okay. With hockey, it was cool. Yeah, it just depends on the sport because they had a, they had a midway where you could yeah. just play games. Just it play was games, like a, yes. yeah, and over and over and over again. Yeah, it was good stuff. Good work. On the on the run there, Director Matthew, as our technological difficulties made it uh, not a lot of fun. Distracted him from yesterday. Yeah, it's a toughie. Good work out of you, Tom. Good work out of all of you guys. We'll talk tomorrow. Be well, everybody. Have a great evening. Peace.